Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. the gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Congregation may be seated. Well, my friends, there are many different times and scenarios in life, this life under this veil of tears, when we have doubt. Yes, doubt. Now, regardless of those different situations, though, doubt seems to work and act the same for each and every one of us. The reason why doubt typically comes about is because we get suspended between two or more opposing things that are unable, and we're unable to know which one is right. Indeed, when we are confronted with two or more opposing ideas or choices or claims that fork in the road, if you will, And when we are unable to discern which one to go with, which one to choose, well, doubt sets into our minds. Doubt sets into our minds and our bodies, often causing significant discomfort. In other words, doubt looks like a person who finds himself between two doors, two options, a fork in the road, but is paralyzed by uncertainty, not knowing which door to go through. Indeed, doubt has a way of actually suspending us and making us feel vulnerable between those two choices. It can even cause us to feel agitation, frustration, anger, and it can lead to conflict. That is why we try to avoid doubt at all costs. It's true, we do. We try to avoid those opposing ideas, those opposing choices and claims that would somehow dangle us between 
those choices and bringing about discomfort. In fact, more often than not, we can become downright mean in how we fight off these contrary ideas and choices and claims just for the sake of eliminating doubt itself. Jesus, he points out this kind of doubt when he said in the Gospels that his generation was like a bunch of, get this, grumpy little children sitting in the marketplace dissatisfied with everything that was put before them. The same kind of doubt occurred also with John the Baptist. It indeed occurred with John the Baptist too. Instead of listening to John the Baptist and his message of repentance, which would have been placed the people between their sins and John's message of repentance, well, in order to reconcile and to be at peace, they wrote him off as a crazy man. You see, behind this kind of doubt is the desire to avoid the issue. Behind this kind of a doubt is the desire to eliminate the uncomfortable feeling of hanging between two different teachings and realities of life. We do not like to be suspended. We do not like doubt. And so to avoid that uncomfortable feeling of doubt and to prevent that even more painful reality of being wrong, well, people will do everything possible to dodge opposing ideas, to not be at that position where that fork in the road occurs. We see this especially in the case of pagans. Indeed, many of pagans avoiding the church at all costs to avoid doubt and that tension. Now, there is a second way. Indeed, there's a second way where this all plays out, where doubt works itself out. And you see that this happens with you and me as Christians. This kind of doubt, it, it comes and it sets in when you have the truth, and when you know you have the truth, but then you begin to wonder. Take, for example, the gospel reading from this morning. Yes, that gospel reading from Matthew, the 11th chapter. In chapter 11 of Matthew's gospel, we hear doubt. There was doubt and concern whether or not Jesus was really the Messiah that was promised from the Old Testament or if there would be another. That is to say, what John the Baptist and especially his disciples and his followers believed about the Messiah in the Old Testament did not seem to line up with what they saw with Jesus, which resulted in, yes, in the middle, doubt. They were suspended between what they expected of the Messiah in the Old Testament and what they saw right there before their eyes with Christ himself. Now, dear friends, keep in mind that this second kind of doubt that was just described is not where a person loves the darkness and is troubled by the light, but it is a doubt that comes about when darkness attacks the light. This is the kind of doubt that we as Christians experience. The kind of doubt that we as Christians experience when contrary things from the outside come and challenge what we believe and what we teach and what we confess. We have seen this doubt before. We've experienced it as well. We especially think about those first disciples too when it comes to doubt. Jesus had risen from the tomb. They thought that the news of Jesus' resurrection was only chatter and nonsense. And who can forget? Uh, we cannot forget Thomas. Think of Thomas. Thomas would not believe in Jesus' resurrection even though all the other disciples tried to convince him. And from our gospel reading today, there was much confusion about whether or not Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the Messiah. 
or if they should expect another Messiah. Now, dear friends, what is going on here is that doubt arises in you and me because Jesus is so entirely different from what we expect. And Jesus' message of the gospel is frankly 180 degrees opposite of how we think. So because Jesus' ways are not our ways and our ways are not Jesus' ways, we often are suspended between our ways and Jesus' ways, which indeed creates a sense of doubt. Two different ways of thinking. An uncomfortable place to be suspended. And as you know, experiencing this doubt is an awful place to be. This doubt can not only bring about anxiety and a sense of vulnerability for you and me, but this doubt can lead to unbelief. It's going to lead to that absolute damning unbelief and a hardened heart, a rejection of the Lord. So this is all fine and dandy. We all have experienced doubt. We identify with this. We have had this before. So what must be done? I mean, that's really where it comes down to. What must be done with this doubt that we all experience? Well, dear friends, we must keep in mind that we do not conquer doubt or try to alleviate doubt by trying to rationalize it away. Doubt is not overcome by us trying to have less doubt. Our willpower, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, is not able to fight off doubt. Just like faith is not increased by us trying to have more faith. And we do not eliminate doubt also by eliminating the message of Christ that causes or perhaps may cause us discomfort. You see, plugging our ears or putting our head in the sand like a hard-hearted pagan, a hard-hearted pagan does nothing except give birth to damning unbelief. You need not do this. You must not do this. Thankfully, when doubt arises, there's another way. You see, we can follow in the footsteps of John the Baptist, as we heard in our gospel reading from today, In our gospel reading, John the Baptist, with that doubt, with those questions, they went directly with the doubting questions to Jesus himself. In other words, the the, the doubt was not hushed or hidden, but it was brought to Jesus, just like Thomas's doubt. Mark this, just as Thomas's doubt and unbelief met the wounds of Jesus' side, putting his finger into his wound. What this means is this, if doubt plagues you, if you are suspended or paralyzed in doubt, learn to know that this doubt does not belong to you, dear baptized saints. It doesn't rest on you, but needs to be laid before our Lord God Almighty. Now this, this may seem odd, but this is what the scriptures call us to do. As Christians, the Psalms, yes, we look at the Psalms, these Old Testament Psalms, they teach us not to hide our doubt or to rationalize it away or to stick our head in the sands of unbelief, but we're to pour out our complaints. We're to pour out our complaints, our doubt, our struggles before the Lord and tell the Lord of our troubles. We hear that in Psalm 142. This means that we should not always speak as Christians as if we have everything figured out with our pious-sounding language 
as if to somehow conceal our doubt and act like we are okay. But instead, we go before the Lord. Our doubts and our struggles, they can be poured out before the Lord when our spirit faints within us, for the Lord knows our way. And like John the Baptist and his followers, and even Thomas, the Lord answers our doubt. The Lord answers our doubt the same way he answered the doubt of John the Baptist's followers, and that is the announcement of what he has done. You see, it's really that simple. The doubt went from John the Baptist and his followers to Jesus, and Jesus, hearing that doubt, he responded by saying this, get this, go back and announce what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame they walk, those who have leprosy, well, they are cured, the deaf they hear, the dead are raised, the dead are raised from death itself, death has no clamp on them, the good news is preached to the poor. Dear baptized saints, our our doubt must be met by the proclamation of the gospel, the word itself. You see, you and I, we cannot reduce our doubt by mere willpower. We can't do it. We don't have the power within. You cannot reduce doubt by your willpower, just as you cannot increase your faith by religious zeal. You cannot amp yourself up on faith just as you cannot reduce doubt itself by your own strength. But get this, it's only the powerful gospel, the word of Christ, that is able to chase doubt away and give you faith. Only the robust and potent, assuring dynamite gospel is able to take us from being suspended in doubt and to take you and me and to plunge us into the depths of our baptism where there's absolute certainty that we've been plucked from darkness unto light and we belong to Christ and nothing will change that for all of eternity. God be praised. Only the word and the sacraments are able to replace the uncertainty of our guts with a belly full of certainty the body and blood of Christ given and shed for us, planted upon our tongue into our bellies to know we have that assurance of salvation. And so the gospel reading from today is really about comfort. It shows you and me how John the Baptist took doubt and brought it before Jesus, and it is how Jesus meets doubt with the assuring gospel. We hear it yet again, one more time, go back and announce what you hear and what you see. What is actually happening? The blind, they receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is preached. He meets doubt with the gospel to chase away all fear. Baptized saints, the reality is you do not need to keep doubt to yourself but you can boldly confess your doubt. You can come into this sanctuary, this most holy place. You can come into the sanctuary with your doubt so that the Lord can chase away your doubt and give you abiding, solid, reassuring faith as he pours the gospel into your ears, as he reminds you that you are washed in the waters of baptism, as he lays his very body and blood upon your tongue and into your bellies, as he reminds you of who you are. And so take comfort. The Lord meets your doubt with the forgiveness of all of your sins for Jesus' sake. 
take comfort, have joy today. Yes, the Lord transforms our minds from doubt to faith as we continually hear the word. This transformation is a constant renewal every single time we encounter the scriptures. It's a constant renewal of our mind that no longer hangs in the suspension of doubt, but we're delivered from doubt to cling evermore to the word of his gospel, to know we're redeemed, to know he sustains us in all things in life. Christ is for you. Blessed saints, have no fear. Have no doubt. Christ is for you. The gospel is for you as well. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.